Girlfriends, episode number 298, Prioritize Your Marriage. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week we are talking about prioritizing your marriage. What does that look like? How do you do it? Let's get started. Hey there, welcome. So glad you are joining me here again this week for the Girlfriends Podcast. You know I love connecting with you here. And this week's topic is one that is near and dear to my heart, prioritizing your marriage. This is something I hear about from people all the time. Not too long ago, uh, a couple of months back, if you go back in the archives of the Girlfriends Podcast, you'll find an episode that's called Interrupt Your Marriage. And that is very much along the same theme as some of the things we're going to be talking about here today. But this is a little bit of a different perspective on it. But before we dive into that, I've got a sponsor that I want to share with you about here on the podcast today. So Sister Lucia of Fatima said, there is no problem, I tell you, no matter how difficult it is, that we cannot solve by the prayer of the Holy Rosary. Our sponsor of today's episode is a firm believer of these words. Choose Life is a small Catholic business whose mission is to equip all Catholics with rosaries for life, and they mean it. Choose Life has silicone rosaries for babies and beautiful gemstone and wooden rosary bracelets for adults. The silicone rosaries are soothing for your little one and will also help to build wonder and love for the rosary. Imagine seeing seeing your baby totally loving on a rosary that was made just for them. It's like seeing your baby hold hands with our mother Mary. And the rosary bracelets for adults are so beautiful and so well-made. A really neat feature of the rosary bracelets is their bookmark crucifix charm. If you don't have time to get through a whole rosary at once, no worries. Simply use the charm to hold your place until you can come back to it. You need to go and check out Choose Life. That's spelled C-H-E-W-S and then Life, L-I-F-E. This weekend, Choose Life will be running their Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, and Cyber Monday deals. So go and see all that Choose Life has to offer at choosealife.com and use the code GIRLFRIENDS10 and you'll get 10% off your order. So great big thank you to Choose Life for sponsoring today's episode. Okay, diving into today's topic, which is prioritizing your marriage. I decided to take on this topic because I recently posted on my Instagram a photo of Dan and me and was just saying how the time when I posted it, we were in Boston filming The Gist, which is the TV show that I record on Catholic TV. And I was away from Dan and I was missing him. And in one of those shows for The Gist, we were talking about prioritizing your marriage. And it occurred to me just how good Dan is and always has been at doing exactly that and how grateful I am for that. First of all, it's important to prioritize your marriage. And second of all, I'm not great at it. Not the way that Dan is anyway. So he's always been really good, even through all the crazy years when the kids were little, of making sure that we took time for each other, really making sure we set boundaries. And by that, I mean, he set boundaries for the kids and the time that we would spend with them and the things they could demand of me. And when he really just wanted my my time and attention. And that's really been a blessing to me throughout our marriage. Because like I said, and I think many women can relate to this, I don't feel like I naturally do that. Not quite so well as Dan does. And the fact that he's the man, he kind of has that authority where he's able to just kind of say, this is how it's going to be. And here's how we're going to prioritize our marriage. So in big ways and in small ways. So I want to encourage you because I know there are some people listening right now who are like, 
I'm exhausted. Uh, we've got a million little kids. I'm working or whatever, you know, other obligations you have, or you're caring for aging parents or, you know, whatever you've got going on in your life. I know it's a lot. And I'm sure there are some of you listening right now are like, I can't prioritize my marriage. I'm exhausted. I don't have another minute. So I just want to encourage you that this is a doable thing, even in the midst of some of the busiest, craziest, most chaotic years of our family life. We have managed to do this. Not perfectly. Don't make the perfect the enemy of the good. Don't feel like you can't get started in making your marriage a priority simply because you're, it's not going to be, you know, the perfect thing that you have all planned out with whatever, you know, how you think that looks like or what you think it should look like in your marriage. So don't let that become the enemy of doing a few small things that are very doable that you can so do. So let's talk about that. So first thing that I want to say, if you're looking to prioritize your marriage is you need to schedule time together. I know, and I even know from, you know, even days when I wasn't working full-time outside the home, when I was just working inside the home, I was a stay-at-home mom for many years. If I didn't have something on the calendar, if it wasn't scheduled, it wasn't happening. Like, you know, kids have a way of taking over every spare moment of your day. And before you know it, you're sidetracked and you didn't get to that thing. So this applies to anything that might be a priority. Like if you're trying to make fitness a priority, you want to make sure you're getting a workout in in your day. You have to schedule it. You have to look at your schedule and say, where can I get this done? And where do I have time for it? Put it in and then build the rest of your schedule around it. It's not something you can schedule over. So scheduling time together really is an important thing. And I'm not going to tell you, you have to go out on a date and hire a babysitter and spend money on dinner every week. I mean, it's nice if you're able to do that whenever you are able to do that, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about scheduling time together. And it might be something like taking a walk together. Do you have a dog that needs walking? Walk the dog together. Work out how you can fit that into your schedule. Maybe you want to schedule that you'll have lunch together once a week. I have a friend who used to do this on a really regular basis with her husband, where he worked outside the home. She didn't. And once a week, her schedule allowed for her to come by his office and they went to lunch together once a week. He was scheduling lunch, lunches with other colleagues and clients. Why couldn't he have it scheduled with her? So look for ways to schedule it. And I know that that kind of feels maybe unromantic, like, oh, you just kind of think, oh, we're we're always together or, you know, it, it's not romantic if it's not a spur of the moment thing, but that's, that's nonsense. Have it scheduled. You know, I, I've shared many times here on the podcast how for years, Dan and I had a scheduled date night, which was Thursday nights, and it wasn't necessarily a big deal. And we for sure were most of the time not going out for it. We had tons of little kids for many years. And even if you could find a babysitter who would take them all on, we probably couldn't have afforded it. So it really was just date night where we were scheduling Thursday nights was just our night. And that meant something as low key as maybe getting takeout and watching a movie. Maybe it meant like we, we used to play Scrabble quite a bit. Maybe it meant doing something like that. Um, whatever it is you've got going on, whatever it is you enjoy doing together, have it on the schedule. And the thing that blessed me, especially back when we were super regular with those Thursday night date nights, and now I don't feel the need so much at this stage in our family life, at this stage in our marriage to be as scheduled about it because we have many opportunities, many more opportunities to be going out, to be spending time together more than ever at this stage in our family life. So we don't have to be quite so deliberate about it. But it was a real gift to me that we were deliberate about it during those times because the fact that we made it mandatory meant that we were doing it, even if we were tired, even if one of us was sick, or even if we weren't really getting along that day. What a gift it was that we kind of had this thing like, okay, well, I guess we're doing our date night, even though you're kind of getting on my nerves today. What a gift 
to have that kind of built-in time to reconnect and communicate with each other and do something fun together. And our kids really got into it. Like, you know, they would have uh, SpaghettiOs or peanut butter and jelly for dinner, and they would get to watch a movie upstairs. And they knew this was like quiet time, especially as they got older. The older ones were helpful, kind of keeping the younger ones wrangled during that time. And they really came to look forward to it. It was like a part of our family life, a part of our routine that I think blessed us all. And I can look back now and say, what a beautiful thing that was, a great example we gave to our kids of prioritizing our marriage. You know, not even to to mention, it was a great example to each of us that we are doing this and we're prioritizing our marriage. Some of the most memorable times I would say were the the night I was in labor with, with Gabrielle was a Thursday and it wasn't quite time to go to the hospital yet, but I was like, let's get this date night in. And it was so fun. I don't even remember what we did, but it was just so fun just knowing this baby's going to be born very soon. And uh, yeah, sure enough, <laughs> later that night, <laughs> my babies all came in the middle of the night. I don't understand. But anyway, um, so, you know, that time was really memorable. Other memorable times were um, when we had like, we were snowed in and there wasn't any real way to go out and get any kind of special food for takeout or anything. And um, we just kind of managed to make dinner together um, through what we had in the house, kind of put together something special that way. And, you know, these are the, these are the moments, these are the things, these everyday kinds of connections that really just make up that that kind of oneness that you're meant to experience in your marriage. And it doesn't mean it's always going to be perfect. You're not always going to have some fairy tale moment every Thursday night if you schedule a, a date night every Thursday night. But it's a rhythm of connection that will only benefit your relationship, that will only benefit your, your marriage and your family. Like I said, a beautiful example for you to be setting for the kids. So schedule it. We all know it doesn't happen unless you're scheduling it. And then once it's scheduled, respect it. Don't schedule other things on top of it. Just realize that's the time that we're going to spend together. And you can decide how you're going to spend that time together. It doesn't have to look like anything that we ever did. Do something that makes sense for you. What do you enjoy? What would would be a fun way for you to reconnect? Um, And then that takes me to the second thing. Your times of connecting and prioritizing your marriage and spending deliberate time together do not have to be fancy. So we kind of get this idea like, oh, it needs to be like, get a sitter and we go to dinner and we go to a movie and like this big to do. And I can tell you, like in those years where we had a bunch of little kids, I remember one particular time when I don't even know the stars aligned and we did have a babysitter and we managed to fit it into the budget to like go to this really nice restaurant. And all of that was nice. And it was fun to like dress up and go out and everything. But by the time we got to the movies, I fell asleep in the theater. It was um, it was one of the Mission Impossibles. And it was like this, you know, this crazy, you know, wild, a uh, lot of violence and action in this movie. And I just slept through the entire thing. And so it made me realize maybe this wasn't worth the price of admission here. Maybe we could have done something simpler. And so first of all, any kind of quote unquote date night doesn't have to be fancy. But then spending time together doesn't have to even look like a date. Dan's been really good about teaching me about this as well, because for many years, especially once the kids were old enough to kind of act as babysitters themselves. And, you know, this means like you know 12 years old, 13 years old, when you could leave some kids with other kids, he very quickly kind of switched into a mode of wanting us to like do errands together. Like he'd be going out to the hardware store or whatever, or I'd be going to the grocery store on a Saturday afternoon. And he would just come along 
or he would invite me to go along with him. And at first I resisted this because I am very, very much um, efficiency minded. (laughs) So like if I were going out grocery shopping and he's like, oh, I'll come along. I'd be like, well, no, like think of all that you could get done at home (laughs) while I'm out grocery shopping, or you could be out running your own errands. Or, you know, sometimes he'd be like, you know, come along on this errand that he's going on, nothing fancy, you know, going to Lowe's or whatever. And I would resist because I'd be like, well, no, I'm going to get caught up on laundry during that time or, you know, whatever it is. And it's, it's really been a great life lesson to me that Dan has taught me that it's not, it's not all about efficiency and productivity. (laughs) It's about relationships. It's about connecting. And that requires time together. So your time together could be as simple as, you know, going to the grocery store, or um, I know some couples do kind of make a date night out of going, doing the weekly grocery shopping. Um, And it doesn't have to be anything that you particularly enjoy, but spending that time together. I know sometimes it's on some of those errands that we find ourselves alone in the car and it's our first opportunity to have an uninterrupted conversation in weeks. You know, (laughs) like this is the chance. Take that opportunity. Be together. And, you know, Dan has been such a great example to me in that way in wanting to spend that time together and being deliberate about it. But your husband may not be like that. And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with him. People have all different kinds of temperaments and personalities. But work with work, work with the husband you have and work with the personality you have and um, see how you can make this work. But it does take effort. So it does mean that you need to be a little bit deliberate about doing it, thinking about it. If you don't happen to have a husband who naturally wants to take on these kinds of things or naturally is inviting you along to errands or making plans for date nights and that kind of thing, then, then, you know, work with that and figure out how you can make it a priority, how you can get this on the schedule, how you can be, you know, prioritizing that spending of time together. I think it's Pope Francis that encouraged families to waste time together. And I love that invitation because it does, it flies in the face of our culture, which feels like you, like I was saying, always need to be efficient, always need to be productive, always have to have something to show for your time spent on something. Well, that's not really how relationships work. Relationships develop over time spent together, shared space. And wasting time together is a beautiful thing for couples to do and for families to do. So look for ways that you can waste time together. Be inefficient in doing your errands and just invite each other along and look for ways that you can spend more time kind of side side by side. Okay, the third thing I want to mention with regard to prioritizing your marriage is, yes, sometimes make it an overnight date somewhere, somehow in your own home if you have to. You could have kids at, at grandparents' house and find a way to do that. And this is something people really, really push back on, but I'm gonna just push back on your pushing back because I think it really is important. And I shared more specifically about this in that episode I mentioned a little ways back. Um, you can look it up on in the archives of the Girlfriends podcast. It's uh, called Interrupt Your Marriage. And in that, I was sharing about this, exactly this, like interrupt your daily routine. And it's important to have extended time together, uninterrupted time together. And it's important to to find a way to do that. And, and I'm not going to tell you like, you have to do this every month or you have to do this every year. Like, Figure out what makes sense for you. Um, And I know people always tell me like, we've got all these little kids. I know you've got all the little kids. We had all the little kids and we still managed it. Not perfectly and not all the time, but it was important enough that we figured out ways to do it. And um, it might mean, and we've done this for sure, 
divvying up your kids. <laughs> like, because you don't want to overwhelm anybody. If you've got a large family or a bunch of little kids that are very challenging or demanding, then maybe you don't want to give them all to one person for an overnight away. But um, maybe give some to a friend and others to a neighbor or whatever. Um, we, we've gotten all kinds of creative with that sort of thing over the years. And so what the thing I want to say, though, is that it's important that you do sometimes make it an overnight because we are, we women are, whatever age and stage of family life you're in, I promise you, you have layers and layers of things on your mind, on your heart, just your, your, your mind, your brain is buzzing all the time. I know this because I live this and it takes time to peel back all those layers and truly find connection with one another to, you know, let go of all of the distractions and the noise and the busyness and the the next to do's, the to do's, the to do's that are always, you know, right in our face when we're in our, our homes with our families. And it's all good work that we're doing. I'm not telling you don't do that. But I am going to tell you that you do need to pull away from it sometimes. And that it can be such a gift to your marriage to do that together, to find a way that you can do that together. You might make a retreat together. You might just go away to a hotel together. You might farm out the kids to grandparents and spend an uninterrupted night alone in your own home together. Um, but if you can get out of your own home together, I really recommend that because it's something about, you know, being in a space where your laundry machine isn't right there or, you know, the mess on the kitchen counter isn't right there that really gives you the opportunity to pull away from all of that and really focus on connecting with each other. So I'm going to encourage you to make it an overnight sometimes and go ahead, tell me all the reasons why you can't. And I'm still going to push back on you and say, find a way find a way to do it. And maybe it doesn't, it's not going to happen this week. Maybe you're going through something and you're, it's not going to happen this week, but know that it's a priority and, and make sure that you're getting back to it um, when you possibly can. All right. The, the fourth point I want to make about prioritizing your marriage is one easy way to do this is to have a shared goal. So in a big sense, you have a shared goal. You're married, right? So you have the goal of raising your family together. You have the ultimate goal of getting each other and your kids to heaven, of course. Uh, but there are smaller goals that can kind of help you to connect. And one thing that I've really realized in married relationships is that it's so easy to kind of fall into a pattern of maybe not even consciously thinking it, but a pattern of behavior and communication of thinking that you are at odds with one another, that you're in a competition with one another, that if you lose, he wins. If you win, he loses, you know that's nonsense. You're on the same team. And I think so often we need that reminder that we're on the same team, that we have the same goals. And of course we have the same larger goals, but a helpful way to remind yourself of that is to have some smaller goals that you might share in common. So maybe this would be something as simple as taking a class together. And, you know, one wonderful thing that has come out of this time of COVID is that it's easier than ever to take an online class, um, whether you like join like a master class or, you know, um, I forget, oh, Udemy, Udemy. I don't know how you say it. It's U-D-E-M-Y. It's one of those words I've only ever seen written, so I don't know how to pronounce it. Anyway, .com. Um, there's all these different courses you can take for some of them for free, some of them for a small price. So you can take a course online, but maybe taking a class in person, whether it's like taking a dance class or taking a cooking class or, you know, having that shared goal together is really a fun way to connect. And it kind of brings out the creativity in both of you. It can help you connect with, you know, your former ways of thinking, maybe back when you were in college was when you took a class or um, it can help you connect with different parts of yourself where you're always kind of functioning as like husband, wife, 
father, mother, maybe um, learning something together um, or reading a book together can help you to connect in a different way. So rather than taking a class, if you'd rather, you could read a book together. You could just read a book together and have a set time. Maybe it's going to be your date night where you talk about the book and, you know, don't make it homework. Don't make it like, oh my gosh, we have to do this thing. And I'm going to force my husband to do this. And he's going to sit and we're going to have class and we're going to do the discussion questions, whether we like it or not. Now make it something enjoyable, a book that you'll enjoy. Maybe you'd really enjoy reading a fiction book together. Maybe you'd really enjoy reading an inspirational book together or um, something related to your faith. Right now, Dan and I are very, 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 very slowly working our way through Introduction to the Devout Life by um, St. Francis de Sales. And I love this book and I love that we have this goal of reading it together, but it's been a little bit tricky in coordinating the times to read this section and then we're going to talk about it. So it, like I said, it's happening slowly and it can happen slowly for you too. Reading a book or taking a class or learning a new skill one way that Dan and I have really enjoyed having shared goals through the years is through like DIY projects that we might do around the house. Now, Dan is very handy. I've often referred to um, building as his love language because that's what he does. And he doesn't do it professionally, but he does it for us, for me, for our family. He built our house. He's constantly renovating. In fact, right now he is renovating our our bedroom and he just put in new flooring there and he put in a whole new wall and he's putting in a, a barn door. And I mean, he's very talented at these things. I am not so much. <laughs> I can paint things though. <laughs> and um, we can make plans together for the different kinds of DIY projects that we might do. And that's been a, a really fun way for us to connect sometimes. DIY projects can be stressful. So, you know, if you're not experienced at this, I wouldn't say take on a huge project together right away. Maybe take on a smaller project. Um, maybe you're, you know, going to do something small in your kitchen or in your bathroom or paint a room or something like that. Um, and that can be a really fun way that you get the sense of achieving something together, connecting through the work that you're doing on it together. And then in the end, you have this great finished product that you can enjoy together, whatever it is, the project that you've worked on together. You might enjoy some crafts, um, that kind of thing, or different kinds of carpentry. It can be small things like making a, a little bookcase. There was one time we had some salvaged wood that was like vintage kind of wood and Dan turned it into like a little cabinet and then I painted it and I bought the little pieces that we were going to display in it. And it was just a very small, simple, didn't require a ton of time or effort project that we could do together. And in the end, we could hang it on the wall. And there it was. And it was really just um, fun to have that, that we kind of achieved together. So think of something like that, like a shared project, a goal. What is a goal you could have together? Are you going to plan a family vacation? Are you going to plan your summer garden? Are you going to learn how to do the salsa? I mean, there's so many things and there are so many ways you can explore these new things together. And having that shared goal is really just a beautiful way to connect in a way that's fun and brings new life into your, your relationship. All right. The final way that I want to encourage you to prioritize your marriage is to pray together. Yep. Here's again where I'm going to hear people pushing back and they're going to roll their eyes at me and say, I can't even manage my own prayer life. I'm How am I going to keep up with all the different kinds of prayer? I feel so guilty. Can't keep up. I get it. Totally get it. I'm not trying to burden you with any kind of obligation or something that doesn't feel comfortable to you, but I am going to encourage you to think about a small way. If you're not already praying together with your husband on a regular basis, how can you do that in a small way? Could you pray a Hail Mary before you go to bed at night? Could you 
pray um, a morning offering in the morning together before you begin your days separately. Could you pray a novena together? This is a nice entry kind of way of learning to pray together because I often hear from people who are uncomfortable praying with their spouse. And I understand that because prayer is really an intimate thing. It's an intimate thing. Your spirituality is something very intimate to share. But think about that. That's an opportunity to grow in your communion with your husband is through this new level of intimacy. If you're not currently sharing spirituality together, this is a way that you can do that. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, You know, some couples always pray the rosary together and that's great. But if that's not you, and if you're right now thinking, uh, I wouldn't even know or or wondering, would he even be open to it? I want to encourage you to start small. Something like a Hail Mary before you go to bed. A novena is a great entry level one way because you can say, hey, would you pray this novena with me? It's for a particular intention you can choose. Um, And it's for, and usually they're pretty short, you know, it's like all on the back of a prayer card kind of thing. Um, And it could be for a particular intention that you, you might share together or, um, and then you can say, you know, it's nine days, it's limited time. So it feels very doable. And then it can, you know, that can kind of establish a habit of if you have a, if you're praying a novena together and you're doing it each morning, um, that kind of establishes that as like, oh, this is the time in the morning where we can manage to spend just a few moments in prayer together. What a beautiful gift that is. And then see if you can't expand from there. Um, And one time, Alicia Hernan came on Girlfriends years ago at this point. I don't know, probably over two years ago now. And I remember she was talking about different kinds of family prayer. And when we talked about couple prayer, she was so encouraging because she said, if you go to mass with your husband and you're sitting there in the pew, you know, kneeling side by side, that counts. (laughs) And I love that because it was very freeing. Like, oh, I I do do that. And I I know there were people I heard from that really appreciated that comment as well. Um, If you want to hear more from Alicia, she and her husband, Mike, have um, a a ministry that's called Messy Parenting. And they have a podcast that's amazing. And um, I'll... I'll try to remember to put that link in the show notes for you. But if if you just look up Messy Parenting or Alicia and Mike Hernan online, um, you'll find their podcast and they're fantastic people. So many great resources that they have to share. But I loved that she shared that. Like that counts. So, you know, begin where you are. Do you say grace together before you eat a meal? That counts. You are already praying together with your spouse. And it really can be as simple as kind of side by side. I was just thinking of this the other day when I was at adoration with Dan, and this is new to us. We we haven't generally gone to adoration together, but I'm beginning this new program at my parish where I'm beginning adoration, offering it for, for 12 hours once a week. And I'm kind of like the organizer for it. So you better believe I got Dan signed up <laughs> for an hour with me. And I thought of it when we were there just the other day, like what a beautiful gift that is. We're just side by side there in adoration. And for part of the time we were alone in the chapel, except for Jesus, of course. And what a gift that is to our marriage. And we didn't have to say any particular prayers or do any particular thing. And we weren't trying to impress anybody with what we were accomplishing in that moment. It was just us side by side before the Lord. And that, that's what it's all about. That's what praying together with your spouse can look like, should look like, that it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. So I hope that's encouraging to you. All right. So those are my little points I want to make about prioritizing your marriage and how you can do that. So first of all, schedule it. Uh, Second of all, know that it doesn't have to be fancy. Third, make it overnight sometimes. Fourth, 
set a goal together, find a way to share a goal. And then finally, learn to pray together if you're not already doing that. But maybe you have some thoughts to share on this topic of prioritizing your marriage. Maybe you can encourage and inspire us with the way that you and your husband do this. Send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com, or even better, record a voice memo and send it to me at that email address. I would love to add your voice to a future episode of Girlfriends. All right, we've got a little more of the show coming up, but first a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. I'm Jeff Cavins. I wrote The Activated Disciple because I know how easy it is to practice the faith and to study it, but what if we lived our entire lives without doing what we learned? God doesn't just call us to be students. He calls us to be disciples, to look and live like Jesus. If you yearn for a life that moves beyond just studying and believing, if you yearn to become an activated disciple, then this book is for you. The Activated Disciple teaches you how to take your faith to the next level so you can become an instrument for God to transform the world. To order The Activated Disciple, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. Welcome back. We're at the point in the show where I like to share a little bit of listener feedback. And this week I heard from listener Carol. Carol said, hi, Danielle. I wanted to reach out to you regarding your podcast on the Surrender Novena and what a difference it has made in my life. At the time that I was listening to that podcast, I was going through a very difficult situation with my daughter's mental health. There has been a struggle for months and it was feeling like a very hopeless situation. So I took those words of the Novena and prayed them with all my heart. There were days when I read the words and I knew that my mind understood, but my heart couldn't comprehend what I was asking, but I kept going. I must have said that, oh, Jesus prayer. And so side note, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Surrender Novena, go back a few episodes and check out four ways the Surrender Novena can change your life because it really is a powerful prayer. And the words that Carol is referring to here are, oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything, which you repeat 10 times as a part of that novena. Okay. So then she said, I must have prayed that a hundred times a day when things were really bad. And I really began to feel the release as I approached the ninth day. I kept saying the prayer when I had moments of struggle after the novena was over. And now a few weeks later, things have gotten so much better. I cannot believe God's grace and how things have changed. She went on a Kairos retreat recently too, and came back a changed person. So truly, really thank you for doing that podcast. Being introduced to it saved me. It saved my sanity and it also blessed my daughter. I have so much more to learn and surrender, but the layers are starting to peel away as I trust my Lord with everything. Thank you and God bless you, Carol. Oh my goodness, Carol, this just made my day, made my week, made my year. I am, I'm so grateful that you took the time to write that to me. And I'm so grateful that the Surrender Novena has been such a powerful force for the good in your spiritual life, in your relationship with Jesus, in your relationship with your daughter. I'm so grateful to know that it has blessed you in that way. And I can take 0.0% of the credit for that because it is all Jesus. And that is what that Novena prayer is all about. Just that simple trust, practicing that simple trust. And I love that you've continued to pray it after the nine days were over. I shared in that podcast how I continue to pray it on a daily basis and kind of just work my way through the nine days. And then it is a beautiful prayer to have at the ready in moments of trial in your day, in moments where you might be struggling to trust or you might be hurt in some way or worried or anxious 
so beautiful to just fall back on those words. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything and just remind ourselves of the power of placing ourselves in the care of our loving Savior and that we cannot go wrong with that. And that's what I love about it. And especially that the words of that novena come from Jesus himself as revealed to Servant of God, Don DeLindo Rotolo, years ago. And those are just such beautiful, simple words of invitation to grow in trust. And, you know, Jesus himself, in those words, tells us that there's no prayer more powerful than that kind of surrender. So I'm so grateful to know that it's been a blessing to you, Carol. Anyone who wants to check that out, I will have it linked up in the show notes, that recent episode, Four Ways the Surrender Novena Can Change Your Life. If you have a story about a prayer that has changed your life, or if you've prayed the Surrender Novena and have found it's been life-changing or encouraging to you in any way, I would love to hear from you. Like Carol, you can send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. I would love to hear from you. And before we have to go this week, I just want to give one last reminder to people that my newest book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, is available at ascensionpress.com. For those of you who haven't gotten your copy yet, haven't had a chance to check this out yet, I would love for you to have the opportunity to check it out, maybe with a group of friends. If you are interested in getting a downloadable PDF of a companion journal for Whisper, kind of working your way through chapter by chapter, either on your own, these are just discussion questions that are based on the themes of each chapter of the book, um, really talking about very practical ways that we can encounter the ever-present God inside of our everyday lives. If you're interested in getting a copy of that companion journal, you can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. I would love to send you a copy free of charge. And if you would like to get the playlist that I put together of songs that are along the themes of what I share about in the book, Whisper, you can text the word whisper to 33777 and you will get a link to that playlist that I put together for whisper. So check it out. Send the the word whisper to 33777. All right, that's all the time we have for today, but I want to thank you for being here. Thanks so much for showing up. Your presence here is truly a gift to me and I do not take for granted that you show up, that you share some of your time with me here on the podcast. That is an incredible gift and I am so grateful and it is such an honor and a privilege to have that time with you right here on the podcast each week. So thank you for showing up. You are an important part of the Girlfriends community. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 